I'm Jessica. I'm Sonia. And I'm Marie. And we are Opinionated Lushes. Like our name says, we drink too much and have an opinion on everything. Once a week, we get together to drink and talk shit. We start our episodes off with a question and a drink word. We usually never stay on topic or wait for the drink word to start drinking. So go ahead, grab a drink, any kind of drink, and get ready to laugh with us and share our drunken opinions. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to season two of Books and Booze. We're coming in strong. I'm really excited. Um, it, it was a nice two like month vacation, but uh, I'm happy to be back into it. So I'm going to throw to our resident uh, book recommendation TikToker, Don, to introduce this week's author welcome back everyone for books and booze season two and today we have the great holly hamilton or if you know her is hl hamilton holly how are you i'm good it's so nice to be a part of the podcast how are you guys doing we are doing good (laughs) we're super excited to have you for our first guest of season two so Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? How long have you been writing? How many annals you have and what are their names? (laughs) Okay, so my name is Holly or HL Hamilton. I'm from London, Ontario, Canada. I always say it's the crummy London, not the fun London. Uh, (laughs) I'm originally from a small town of about 400 people and there's roughly that many people in my apartment building. So it was really a culture shock when I moved here for work. So that was a little scary. Uh, as far as animal, well, I guess it was writing first. So I wrote my first book of Curses and Contempt. Uh, I started it November 4th, my birthday in 2021. I finished it in 2022 in the beginning. Nice. It was one ADHD hyperfixation. I literally <laughs> didn't, I didn't like in between clients at work. I usually have about 15 minutes and I was writing in those 15 minutes you know, a client would come in and I'm like, how dare you show up? Like, and you know what? My clients are actually pretty good about it. I give them all the you know praise in the world for that, for putting up with me. Uh, as far as my animals go, I have two rescues. Ellie, we got in April of 2020 when everything kind of shut down. Uh, she <laughs> what is the best girl. She's a Husky Border Collie and named after Ellie in The Last of Us. Oh, uh, then we have cinders he's my baby he was also a shelter cat and i like to say he chose me uh we had just lost my family cat not long after or a lot not long before and it was pretty heartbreaking but it, the house didn't feel right without a cat it just yeah. didn't. so i went to the shelter and i said i just kind of i'm looking for someone between five and seven months show me what you got so they took me to the kitten room, which is basically just joy. A nap in my lap. And I'm like, well, I guess you chose me. I guess I'm coming home with you. Oh. Or I guess you're coming home with me, rather. Oh, I have three cats, so I know. I love cats. Oh, they're my faves. Amazing. So. And if you saw my stuff last year, I'm not doing it this year because, you know, finances. I was part boarding one of my best friend's horses. And uh, I am a hunter jumper. So I participate in, I think our last show was the two foot three hunters at our local area. And uh, he's a off the track thoroughbred and he's a total sweetheart. I'm coming over to your house. I want to see this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that's the animal stuff. That's fantastic. That's awesome. 
Uh, do you want to talk about a uh, little bit what you're going to be reading for us today? So, we need any context or anything like it that. It might be helpful. So <laughs> in this point, or, or this point, sorry, um, I'm very much the person from Mean Girls where she goes to say great or cool and it turns out gruel. So you're going to hear me do that a lot all the time. <laughs> So in this portion, um, they have just kind of finished dinner, they being Locke and Lark. Lark being the main character, it's a single POV. She very much hates Locke at this point. I kind of talk about it being a lovers to enemies to lovers kind of situation. And this is after the lovers and after the enemies part. So there is a great betrayal that goes on and Lark is still reeling from this betrayal and has sworn her revenge, is very angry and rightfully so. So this is now where they realize, you know, they have to work together to some degree. She needs him to a point, but she doesn't think she's going to need him forever. So she's kind of pissed off at the moment. Awesome. Okay, All right. Awesome. And the drink words are tonight. I have them right here. The drink words are heart, heartbeat, eyes, and knife. Don't mm. forget kill. Kill's another one. Oh, and kill. I wasn't Sorry. sure if that was okay or not. Oh, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> you didn't write kill. That's why it's not there, John. I, I thought I did. I'm... No, you didn't. But now it's there. Okay, so my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> I got a tall boy for this one, ladies. So Ooh, I got two you information, what you will. I oh, have rum. Today? Yes. Oh, my God. Go us. <laughs> I'm always matching with someone. <laughs> Always. We had the same drinks yesterday. Yeah, we did. I've never had one of these before. I saw it at the liquor store today, and I'm like, that seems like right up my alley. So well, I, got, I got both. I got the Smirnoff one and the Mike's, because I didn't know they're both orange and cream or creamsicle. So I'm going to test each and tell you which one's the best. I was going to say, I'm going to have to have a review on those. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Well, I'm going to mute myself so you don't hear me Same. slurping while you read. You just start whenever you're ready and just let us know when you're all done. All right. So we're going to kind of jump right in here, okay? Do you remember the blood rates? He asked me suddenly, bringing me right out of whatever trance I'd been in. I nodded, unsure of whatever changes in energy between us. A shiver dusted its icy fingers down my spine, remembering what I'd heard that day I'd met Locke. The wet, snapping bone sound, the clicking. I remembered that I'd hear them scream in the night from all the way out in the deep wild. Why? I know you're thinking of an opportunity to escape. I did my best to keep my face composed, to not betray the fact that he was absolutely right, and he didn't seem fooled. You should know what you'll face if you attempt to. Even if you got past the misdirection wards, you'll have a sea at one border, the mountains to the air court on another. All across the southern border is the dead forest. It's a nesting ground for the blood race. They inhabit the forest, as do many of the souls who tried to cross it without our permission. Leaving would be a suicide mission, Lark. Why are you telling me this? Because I have no desire to fish your corpse out of the forest, he said dryly. Just stay here a small while, do what you're supposed to do, and you can go if you want. Do a swear spell then, I said. Promise me that right now. Without any hesitation, he softly spoke the words, tingle of magic surging in the small space between us. I promise and swear on Aspen, my second in command, that you, Lark, may leave of your own volition once you have done the things that you were supposed to do. This I swear until my lady release me or under pain of death. I felt the magic snap into place like an elastic on my skin, making me jump. I gaped up at him, not knowing what to say. He actually did it. My mouth hung open a beat, genuinely shocked. He glowered at me. We stared at each other a long moment, my heart pounding for a reason I couldn't quite identify. Is that all you require? His eyes were intensely cold and hard. Even his face seemed sculpted from stone, a perfect face of indifference. I didn't know how to respond to his question, even as I turned it over and examined it in my head from every angle. I opened my mouth to speak, thought better of it, and closed it again. He looked like he was also on the brink of speaking. An idea struck me. As I glanced around us, I found us utterly alone in the shadowed corridor. Without taking my eyes from his, I leaned down, grasped the handle of my knife with my boot, or from my boot. I pulled it to his throat before I had a second to examine this half-baked plan any further. All residual humor from his face had disappeared. Any residual warmth vanished. 
He regarded me calmly as I dug the knife's edge into his skin, not enough to break it, but enough that he felt it. I should kill you right now for what you've done, I whispered. I poured every ounce of hatred that I felt for him into my glare in an attempt to hide my pounding heart away in my chest, so loud I was certain his zodiac hearing could pick it up anyway. I didn't know what I was doing. My chest heaved as I dragged air in and out of my lungs, every breath feeling heavier than the last. His eyebrow twitched. His hand came up to clasp mine, his much larger hand enveloping mine. His calloused hands were gentle, but he could easily disarm me, I realized, my body tensing for a fight. I snarled at him. So do it, he murmured, pulling my hand closer and nicking his skin. A tiny drop of ruby blood welled and dripped down his neck. I gasped as he exposed more of his neck to me. My heart beat unsteady, unsteadily in my chest in response. Go ahead, his voice rang out, calling my bluff. There was no taunt in his voice, even if there was just a speck in his eyes for a moment. My hand shook. There was too much adrenaline surging through my system, my nerves thrumming in my body, making me feel twitchy. Kill him, I thought. I willed my hand to move, slice, to end his life the way that he had betrayed me. In my mind, I saw the scene again. And in that moment, I felt something change within me. The red-hot rage that had been simmering and churning within me since I awoke here had just boiled over, and I saw red. My hand twitched. There was a sharp intake of breath that made my insides twitch. A heartbeat went by. I didn't move. Another heartbeat. And another. The only sounds were our ragged breaths. My vision began to clear, and I saw the shallow incision line I'd made. My stomach revolted, and a reaction I didn't know and didn't want to explain. The dread that had slowly been filling me had finally come to a head. Don't keep me in suspense, love, he drawled out, a hint of a half-smirk gracing his lip. His eyes flashed with a dare. It's killing me more than you are. My hand shook. I wanted to end it so badly. Just finish it. I was screaming at myself. His eyes never once left mine, never once stopped searching mine. And when I at last lowered my weapon, I watched him release a slow breath. I'm not like you, I spat at him. I'm not a monster. I know, he said soberly before his features twisted back into that smug little grin I hated so much. Though if you're trying to tell me you're into a little knife play, I won't hold it against you. He trailed off, his gaze slipping to that knife still clutched in my still shaking hand. He leaned in close, his mouth next to my ear. Every fiber of my being stood on end at high alert of his proximity, or at his proximity. I glared at him, stubbornly refusing to yield even an inch to him. Unless you want me to, he finished in that low drawl of his, his breath on my ear. He even had the gall to wink at me as he pulled away. I huffed my disgust and turned away and moved to my rooms. A warm hand clasped my wrist and spun me back around to face Locke's chilling gaze. If you pull that knife on me again, Lark, you'd better be sure, and you had better follow through. Is that a threat? I hissed between clenched teeth. He yielded nothing as his eyes barreled into mine, his face only a breath away. This coming from the one who just held a knife to my throat without any provocation. That's rich. Fuck you. As I've said already, you're more than welcome to. He said in that husky voice of his, that sardonic smirk taunting and infuriating as ever. I wrenched my hand from his, and this time he offered no resistance as I shouldered the door open and slammed it in his face. I leaned against the door, fighting off the feeling of breathlessness. In that moment, I realized it wasn't just my hatred for him seething through me. It was hatred for myself. I had come this close to revenge, and I had failed. I couldn't do it. I, I heard his fading footsteps down the hall, open his door, and I was just now realizing that his rooms were so close to mine. I settled into, I settled into my usual routine after locking my door. And then I didn't move for a long time. My heartbeat continued to thunder in my chest, refusing to slow. What had I nearly done? I looked down at the dagger still in my hand. My mind was both numb and racing simultaneously. I dropped it, flinching at the clattering sound, breaking the thick silence. I'd nearly killed Prince Cancer, and he'd nearly let me. Why? Just to prove to me that he didn't think I could do it? He was right. And that's it. <laughs> 
Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Yay! That was so good. The pacing is really well done. Like, you can feel the tension build up. It's not, like, too long that it's boring or too short that, like, it doesn't build. So, the pacing is really well done. Like, they were, like, you can actually, like, picture it in your head. And it wasn't over-descriptive. It was, like, the perfect. Thank you. That was actually one of my all-time favorite scenes that I ever wrote. So, that's why I really wanted to share this one. I know it had the few spoilers I had to kind of glance over. I didn't try to make it too obvious, but... That one oh, I didn't the notice most- if there was any. <laughs> Stop. There were a yeah, couple no. times I'm like, oh, what did I say I was going to say here? Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to notice unless they already read your book. And then, well, <laughs> they already know the spoilers. That's true. That That's fair. Like I said, I, I, I can't wait for October. Like, I can't wait to share my brain baby with the world. It's really exciting. I'm excited for you. Thank you, darling. Yeah. Uh, so, like, how did you start writing? Like, have you always been a writer? It, or w- was it a process? Like, you had to build up to it? I think I always wanted to be a writer. I didn't think I could. I didn't always think I could. Hell, I still can't believe I did it. When I was a seven or so, I tried to write a Powerpuff Girls comic. I, my parents <laughs> have it somewhere. Um, for the record, Pink Blossom was my favorite. Around 14, I decided to try again, not with the comic. I decided to try to write a novel for the first time. And for the life of me, I couldn't tell you what it was called, but it was kind of an angel and demon kind of situation. I couldn't even tell you what it was inspired by. All I knew is I wanted to write something. I think I got like three chapters. It was, as a four- in many cases of 14-year-olds, it was kind of hot garbage. <laughs> That's how it goes. At 17, I think, I was in college when I tried to write, uh, I still have it, uh, it's called Changeling, and it was inspired after I wrote, or read, uh, The Iron Fae by Julie Kagawa. I was absolutely in love with the story. I so badly wanted to have the same feelings that she had in her books. So that's what introduced me to the world of Fae, and I so fell in love with it. I'm still in love with it to this day. And actually, Akatar was the first thing that made me feel those same feelings after those books, several years later. So when I was 27, I'm 29 now, I, I had an idea, and I remembered it being almost just a daydream when the last scene from what will be book two came to me. And I'm like, that's kind of wild. How the hell would that even take place? <laughs> so I just kind of brainstormed with myself. I'm like, 
well, it'd have to be really specific. Like that wouldn't just happen overnight. And so I kind of kept going and it turned into me and my best friend, the one whose horse I was riding, had some wine one night. And I'm like, does this sound like a stupid <laughs> idea or? <laughs> this is where the best ideas come from. It's That's how our podcast started. We were like <laughs> drinking. We're like, we're so funny, guys. <laughs> We should record this. And then that's how the podcast started. So yeah, the best ideas with a bottle of wine. I I fully believe that. I'm fully on board with the best uh, ideas are alcohol fueled. Uh, Fun (laughs) thing though, so are the worst ideas. So have fun choosing which ones win. (laughs) But you still think they're the best at the time. You're just like, that's so great. That's where the funny things come from when you're, when, you know, with your sober friends. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've been both of those people. It's uh, fun on one side of it. And sometimes it's fun on the other side of it, but not usually. Yeah. (laughs) Not usually. And I wasn't sure if it was going to be kind of that thing when I kind of talked to her about... I, I She told me that she thought it was a good story if I could... If it was going to have the emotion in it that I wanted to evoke. And that's where I put my own experiences into it. Because I don't think that I can write something where, especially with big emotions, like I wanted to adequately convey. Because if you weren't going to do the story with emotion, it wasn't going to be told right. So I looked inward and I brought my own experiences into it. And I think that's what makes Lark very relatable to a lot of people. I've had a lot of people, a lot of my ARC readers message me saying how much they've loved Lark, how much their ex- her experience, you know, very much mimics hers. I had one person message me to tell me they're getting one of her quotes on their forearm as a tattoo. And I was like, me? My, my are, That's amazing. That's like the biggest honor ever as like an author I, I can imagine. Not. I love tattoos. Like, yeah. <laughs> I got this. Well, I don't know if you can see it. <laughs> this tattoo for my book. Oh, that's so cute. That is beautiful. It's actually oh. one year ago today. I got it on my uh my Facebook message or uh memories. Wow. Oh yay. That is amazing. So yeah, so you've always just been writing and then this story was just the one that like really took off. Yeah, I, I've always wanted to write. I've always tried. And I, I, I always say my writing has been built on a collection of failures because I had to fail a lot before Of Curses and Contempt took off. And it wasn't perfect the first time. Oh, my God, my first draft. I look at it today and I'm on a bar. <laughs> I'm like, what me. <sighs> That's now- amazing. Is there a special process for your writing? Like, do you have a technique? Do you have to have sit down at a certain drink, like to get you focused? Is there anything that makes it special during your writing? So actually, yes, I kind of love this question. So I, being ADHD, it's really hard to focus on something if it doesn't feel good. So sometimes when you're just not in the mood to write, but you've got to get going. I try to make being productive feel good. I sit in my favorite spot. I have my fuzzy blanket. I put the fire on. I have little candles. I like. I try to make it fun and special and make it an event. And you know, look at Pinterest for my character info. Daydream about my characters. Have my Spotify playlist for of curses and contempt on the entire time, and just kind of feel the vibe of the scene that I'm trying to write. Normally, I write sequentially. But every once in a while, if I have to try and get myself into the writing mood, I'll just write whatever the hell I want. Even if it doesn't get used, I kind of use that as bonus scenes for my newsletter people for down the line anyway. That makes sense. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Just something to get the creative juices sometimes flowing. And that's easier said than done, but that's kind of how it works for me. It makes my brain do the thing. Yeah, lately I've been listening to music or checking out print like Pinterest, like to try to get ideas for writing. Um, so I, I totally understand that. I didn't even know that Pinterest would have this stuff until after I wrote all of Us Curses and Contempt. I'm like, this seems like a missed opportunity. What the hell? So all the visuals that you see are based on things from video games, movies, like Lock Valen. I don't even know, like that's how I always say it. I don't know if I spelled it the way that I say it, but that's like the main city that we see. That's like the big city. It's based on Minas Tirith from Lord of the Rings. 
Ah, that makes That's sense. That's how I picture it in my head a little bit. But I never saw inspos on Pinterest until book two. So now I'm using it for book two. Thank God that makes life so much easier. <laughs> oh my gosh, not even close. That's so awesome. Okay, I have a question. Yeah. Um, do you ever think you'll write in like different genres? Is there like genre other genres that you might want to explore in your writing? Actually, yeah. So after book two, uh, I, I want to get that first draft done at the very least, or sorry, the second draft done at the very least. We're about twenty five percent of the way through that, and then me and one of my close friends who. I actually connected with after I wrote of curses and <laughs> had like a little writers group and we were really excited that you know we met we actually met in person once because she's from the states I'm from Canada we don't get to see each other very often but it was really special we're writing a dark romance together <gasps> Yay! my favorite <laughs> we're really excited about it it's going to be kind of along the same vibes as Chantal Petit's The Sinner Oh. A lot of the similar vibes without being the similar story. So I, I really inspired both of us. Uh, I really love her writing. I'm a big fan. Uh, I haven't read The Sacrifice yet, but I've, I've mostly because I'm scared and a bit of a chicken shit. So I'm really. <laughs> <laughs> I got to arc the sacrifice from her. Yeah, oh my I God, did. That's amazing. Oh my God. It was so good. I actually prefer it more than The Sinner. I didn't. Okay. You know, we're not going to trash talk. Like, I liked her books. Don't get me wrong. I just preferred Sacrifice. Well, no, nothing's going to beat the ritual. Nothing. Riot can. Archer, nothing there's nothing going to beat him. It's but Tyson does come close. Adeline for me. It was easily, like, if, you know, Riot or Zade. Like, I don't know. Like, why choose? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why choose I would be a part of. So <laughs> Right? Like, just bring all the boys. I'm okay with it. Like, I'm equal opportunity. Like, yeah. I'm a share. I can share. Exactly, right? You get it. And yeah. Like, I liked Sin's story. I really liked, um, I liked, uh, I can't even remember her name now. That really takes the credibility out of the story, doesn't it? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm terrible with names at the best of times, but I, I really loved her story. I really liked everything about that story made sense to me. And I know a yeah. lot of people kind of talk negatively about it. And is it as good as the original? No. But again, what is? Right. But those vibes were something that me and my friend uh, B is her name on TikTok really connected with for some reason, and we both really liked it. And we kind of got thinking, what if you know A, B, C, D, and E? And we kind of looked at each other and went, "Oh my God, this is a story. This is a thing. We're doing this together." It is tentatively titled uh, "Object of Obsession," and it's going to be dark enough. I'm a little scared to tell my parents about it because my parents <laughs> know about. Of curses and contempt, they do know that there's spice. I mean, my mom was one of my first readers ever, so she was. Not only did she read my spice, she read my first draft spice. Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> I know the shame. <laughs> oh no! Oh, it was so horrific. I I did therapy from that alone, truthfully. Yeah, yeah, I haven't um fully indulged in writing just yet. Like I. I've read so much of it. You would think, like, when I get there, I'm going to be a pro. No, no, I'm descriptive. I'm not that good. It's That's really why, like, when I do book reviews, I, I hate doing book reviews. I hate repeating the story that I just read. Yeah. I can't do it. I feel like, And it sucks because I want to be a writer. So descriptive things should be my thing. But no, it's like writing blurbs on the back of a book. It's one that of them. so hard. Yeah. Like, you have to describe the story in, like, one paragraph not gonna happen <laughs> and not spoil anything it right four months to write my first book it took me double that to write the blurb i'm not <laughs> yeah it's that long everyone tells me that's like the worst part about like the writing process of it all and then of course like they have other challenges during like things but like yeah that is uh Speaking of challenges, what is the biggest challenge with writing? For me, it's just starting. Because once I get going, and I know once I get going, I'll be fine. I can really hit my stride, even if I need to like edit it later. Because usually yeah. it's the first paragraph or two where I'm setting the scene where I'm like, nope, that's horrible. But like, <laughs> move on. And I can edit that. And I always say, you can't edit a blank page, but you can you can edit words that exist. So like, I don't care if they're terrible. And I know that 
me being a perfectionist is a whole other thing. <laughs> As I'm going, it just kind of, I hit my stride and I go. And I, I know that I'll just get lost into that world, but, and I love my partner more than anything, but he always has a knack for coming out right when I have kind of hyper-focused on it and I'm in the zone, like I'm in Meridian, like Lark and Locker here. And he's like, hey, what do you want for dinner? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know where the kitchen is like go <laughs> and it's honestly he's so innocent about it like this isn't me shit talking him uh he's actually in the other room uh i just <laughs> got a giggle out of it because it's never when i'm just kind of humming and hawing procrastinating on tiktok or instagram or talking to my friends it's always when i'm like right into it and it's so funny because it never fails you're gonna have to have like i feel like they have like a radar <laughs> Like, because, like, my husband does the same thing. So, like, I'll be, like, in the middle of something, and then he'll just peek in, and I'll, he'll just say, hi. And I'm just, like, I'm busy. <laughs> How many times has my husband done it during our podcast? Like, almost. Oh, yeah. So many, like, he'll come, like, right out of, like, view, and he'll, like, do, like, obnoxious things, like, you know, <laughs> shake his junk or something at me. And I'm, like, you know I'm recording. Like, are you, are you serious right now, sir? Like, really? <laughs> Please tell me you are actually unable to keep a straight face because I know I could. No, I can't. I can't. Like, they know. They're just like, Dave's in the room, isn't he? I'm like, yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Yeah, I can't keep a straight face. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> so, what advice would you give to new aspiring writers? Oh, that's a tough question. I mean, I think I said it earlier where you can't edit a blank page. Like that was something that was said to me before. And it really made a lot of difference for me because I was always the one that was like, I have to do this entire book perfectly the first time. And then the next, you know, one bit of editing and yeah, good thing, bam, boom, done. That is not how it works. Um, not even a little bit. Your first draft is basically you telling the story to yourself it has nothing to do with you telling the story to anybody else. So if it's trash and not if I shouldn't say if when it is absolute trash, that's not only accepted, it's fine that it's supposed to be. It's basically one long book of notes for you to edit, change and fix as you go. And it, it may take a couple drafts. I mean, I think of curses and contempt had, five or six drafts and I don't think it started to take shape until about the fourth. It's just how it goes. And uh, book two, I almost said the name there. <laughs> uh, book two. Oh God, uh, we're at almost 137,000 words on just the second draft. And I'm the one that adds words. When I <laughs> of curses and contempt, or as I call it, Ocock, which sounds horrible, but I don't even. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. <laughs> I call it that all the time. I can't help it. It's how it goes. You should hear the next acronym. It's going to be, uh, it's just as bad. So Ococks last bit, or the first draft was like 100,000 words, and I finished at like 135. Book two's next one is, like I said, we're at like 137, and we're only a quarter of the way done to the second draft. Like you can always change, always add, always take out but get the first draft written because you can do so much with a first draft. True. Speaking right. of which, Don, did you write today? <gasps> not today. Okay. Not I, today. I ask her every books and booze episode. And now that we're back to it and always asking, believe it or not, like, and I didn't think I would because I had, um, it's summer the kids are home you know yeah. like um but i bought myself a new wireless keyboard and i was like i i gotta get some done like i so i actually did i i got a little bit more done i plotted out another book which is a dark romance which by the way guess what inspired me the I ritual heck yeah <laughs> that's okay i would hear inspiring everybody yes i really hope also, yeah. Also, I just recently read The God of Ruin by um, Rena Kent. How is oh, it? It's been on my PBR for a bit. Well, it just came out, like, oh, officially came out, um, what, the other day, on the 31st? I and I, I ate it up. 
ate it right up. It was so good. It's better than, have you read any of the God of, like, the trilogy or the... I have not. And that's maybe why I got confused because I'm like, I yeah. swear to God, that's the one that's been on my PBR for a bit. I've seen maybe it's God of Malice. That's the first one. Okay. That must be what I'm thinking of. I've not read it. It's on my TBR list and it's on, it's always in my Amazon cart. I it's it's dark academia, dark romance, psychopaths, you know. <laughs> oh, so everything that I live and breathe for. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> I love um, it. I'm on board. You've sold yes. me. But, but like, oh, the fourth was just as good. It just is almost better than the first. Like, it was just, actually, I can't even tell which one's better. Um, I have a question from a fellow Canadian who wants to write and, like, finish her book. Um, was it hard to find editors in Canada or um, ARC readers or anything like that sort? Because I seem to see, like, I feel like the U.S. has a wider... Um, network for that kind of thing editors illustrators all that like was it hard to find Canadians or did you actually scope out like the US well so kind of a loaded question actually so <laughs> sorry no no not at all not that kind of loaded it's not bad it's more like there's a lot there so mm -hmm. I'm a hybrid author so the way I did it is I didn't know what to do when I had this finished manuscript I'm like what do I do with this um, I have this thing, I made this, what do I do? And so after some Googling, I knew I wasn't going to go with the traditional route because I was like, uh, no, we're not doing that. That's way too much effort, way too much emotional investment that I yeah. think will pan out. So I saw this, I had no idea how to do the indie route. I wasn't really on book talk yet. So I really didn't realize that indie was a great way to go. So, mm -hmm. Oh, this hybrid thing seems like a great idea. And so far it has been, um, so they do everything in-house, and my publisher is American. Uh, so it's been kind of great, actually, because they kind of take care of everything for me. Their editor, the, the only thing that's been kind of crummy right now is the formatting. The formatting has been a little crummy, but we've kind of knocked that down, and we're moving ahead on that now. So it's, it's getting fixed. It just took a little extra time. So okay. I had my cover designer. So... I talked about this in a TikTok video. So they also have cover design. Yeah. I'm going to start by saying my cover designer that I didn't use was perfectly uh, talented. Like she was great. Just square peg, round hole kind of situation. We weren't really vibing, weren't really on the same wavelength. And that's nobody's fault. It's just kind of what happened. So when yeah. I, I kind of went shopping on a weekend and I found my cover artist who I absolutely love her name is Gigi and she's the one that I mean she came up with that whole cover in a weekend so she did all of that for me and I believe she's based overseas somewhere I'm not entirely sure where but we were on completely different time zones I'd be going to bed <laughs> she's coming up so I'd wake up to everything in my inbox I'm like well that's just kind of convenient that was kind of really great actually but as far as finding Canadian services I didn't really get the opportunity this okay. time but I think I'm going to try for book two. I think I'm going to go fully indie for book two, just to kind of do it myself. I think I've made those network connections that I feel more comfortable with. And whatever I don't know, I now have friends that do. True. Nice. Well, now you're on a Canadian podcast. So, so you're marketing uh, Canadian Lee. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I love that. Um, like I said, being from London, Ontario, or now, I'm in such a hub, and I've met a lot of other authors from London, even if not in person, on social media. I've had people go, oh, my God, you're from London. I'm from London, too. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I love that. One of these days, we're going to get coffee or something. That's the plan. Uh, but it's really exciting. Uh, I met uh, Danielle Hill. She's from not too far up the way from me. And she was like, oh, I'm going to be in Flamborough for a book fair. Why don't you come up? So I did. And I got to meet her. And I, I read her book. So it was really cool meeting an author who you read and had a relationship with on TikTok. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're a real person. Like, that's really cool. That is amazing. That's awesome. Speaking of marketing, um, what have you, what do you do for marketing, especially, you know, when you're indie and stuff like that? Is there like a social media platform you prefer for marketing? So I'm, I'm going to flat out say I suck at marketing. I have no <laughs> idea. You're not the first author to say that. I'm, like with my head barely above water, I'm not going to lie. So being 29 and technologically 
um, not, not, I'm not good at technology. I, I am terrible. So nobody ever taught me TikTok. I love TikTok. I waste time on TikTok, but no one <laughs> taught me how to do TikTok. So I feel like I'm that, you know, how, what do I do here, Sonny? Like, uh, I, I, I know what I'm doing. Uh, but I do try. I kind of look and see what other people do. I don't try. I do my best not to copy. It's not about that. I'm like, is it that thought that I'm supposed to use? Is that what's making this go? No, obviously not, but I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, between that and Instagram, I try to make sure that, you know, whatever I do on TikTok, I try to do at least half it out on Instagram. Uh, this whole hashtags and algorithm and all of it, I have no idea how to do it. One of my friends is a social media consultant. That's what she does. And uh, she's given me some tips and tricks, which has helped. And actually, one of the things that, as much as it's been such a pain in the patella about, you know, being hybrid means that you have a longer wait time from the time you sign your contract to the time you drop your books. I, I don't have uh, the say in when the book releases. That's them. But I've been building my bookish community on my TikTok literally since last a year and a half now, really. It's been that long. And as such, I've gotten such a much better, I don't want to say better, but I've got a great community of people and it's growing all the time. And I feel like I've got such genuine relationships with people and they really are genuine from my perspective. And I think that really helps. Making those connections matters in marketing. At least that's my approach to it. And that way, I like I genuinely really love the people that I've gotten to talk to. And it's funny because I never talk to anybody first. <laughs> <laughs> I can avoid it. People just kind of adopt That's them. amazing. Oh, the person though. I'm going to talk to, and I'm like, okay, I'm extrovert. <laughs> That's awesome, though. I mean, we're kind of like, we're great at marketing. <laughs> Just because I love to brag. I'm very like, hey, guys. Uh, but like, we, I mean, at least in podcasting, because um, I'm not an author here. I'm not on book talk. I'm just here. Uh, we found like, yeah, like once you start, like networking is more than half of marketing. Yeah. Like that's all that. Is. It really is. Um, I actually went to, I took a course in marketing and sales when I went to college. I could probably sell the crap out of someone else, but when it comes to myself, that is where I know I'm going to have troubles because I don't like talking about myself, but I could talk about a certain thing from someone else. And like, I could sell that easily, but when it comes to something about me, no, I can't. I don't know. I have this thing where it, it blocks me where I don't think I'm good enough. You know, like um, that imposter syndrome. I have that in like 10 volts, like so bad. So you are a writer is what I'm hearing. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm on the journey. I am started. Um, have you, because now I'm curious, and I know Jessica's going to ask this if I don't, because she loves this question. Okay. Are you a plotter or a pantser? Ooh, I love this question. So I always say I'm a hardcore plotter with a sprinkle of pantser. So when I write at least my very first draft, I, I call it timelining. So like I have the like, every major plot point timelined in chronological order. And then I kind of supplement that with world building and, you know, relationship building. So at what point do they, what needs to happen in order for to get them from plot point A to plot point B, so on and so forth. Because in order to get from, you know, D to E, they need their relationship to be at a certain level. I kind of think of it in terms of like video game statistics and like mm -hmm. leveling up. Yeah. Like your relationship, it's gonna whatever you're trying to do is gonna fail if your relationship's kind of in the tank, right? So that's kind of how I picture it, and I just kind of you know monsters and world and things that make everything exciting. And at that point, I try to put it all on paper, and I look like a psycho because I have like eight different pieces of paper not connected just <laughs> across my desk. And they're all color-coded in my absolute chicken-scratch writing. And it looks like that meme where that guy's like, <gasps> he's got all the, like... Yes, yeah. Yeah, it looks like that. But I have a story there, and it makes sense to me. And then I, and this sounds so confining, is what my friends always say. I divvy each thing up by chapter. And even if it doesn't work out quite that way, it's like, okay, events A, B, and C need to happen in chapter A, and you know, blah, 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 need to happen in chapter two, and that's how that's going to go. 
So that way I have, when I go to a chapter, I have a list of things that I need to write. And I'm not like, okay, cool. Now what? Like, what <laughs> yeah. Right now. And that stopped me from getting stuck. And it stops, it helps combat the writer's block when you know what you're supposed to be doing. So that helps me. And then no, I think I have a similar sense. process. So oh, what I've done is I get a notebook. And so the first couple of pages is just like notes, like characters' names. Um, if they're going to be interconnected, if there's going to be further books, like partner them up. Um, and then I do the first couple of pages of like what the story is going to be in like just point forms. And then I'll do per chapter on what's going to happen on each chapter. Yes. Now that I've actually started writing it, things are changing Like as I write. And like, I'm adding chapters. I'm like, you know, I can't fit all of this in one chapter. I have to add additional chapter. And like, so I, I kind of feel the same. I'm a little bit of both. Yes. And then things change and you're like, well, thank you for that. I really don't know what you want me to do with this new, new thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, why did I decide to add this now? I don't know, but I'm gonna. I know I had, and it, sometimes your characters just surprise you, right? And like, I have a side character that everybody really, really loves. And it just, it kind of makes me laugh because I had no idea that people were going to take to this character so much. And I'm writing a little bit about book two, no spoilers, I promise. It's just a silly little thing. It was a, a comedic relief scene and uh, apparently asked them to slide. And I was like, oh, this is surprising to me. And I had no I had no idea that this was going to happen, but I think a lot of people are going to kind of enjoy this. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I like, I, uh, sorry, I was, I was thinking like, um, the plotter of pantser question because I've watched a lot of author master classes and, uh, okay. Okay. R.L. Stein, do you think he's a plotter or a pantser? Ooh, Arl Stein, like the Goosebumps books? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he's a plotter or a pantser? I think he's a, a definite pantser. I don't know why. I get pantser energy from him. Some of his stuff is so out there sometimes. I feel like he thinks of it and goes, nah, that's got to go in there before I change it too much. I really do. You would think, right? <laughs> no, he's a super intense plotter no. to the point he has a printable template. Oh, my God. Because he writes everything that happens in every chapter, and then he just writes it I out. would not have guessed that, but I, I'm actually, I loved R.L. Stein growing up. Not only did I read all the Goosebumps books, I read all the Fear Street Saga books. I loved them. They were so good. That was my first introduction yep. to horror. Yep. So he is, like, straight up, like, that was my thing, because I was like, I never know whether someone, like, really just wrote this book or whether they plotted every little point, or else I was the one that tricked me. <laughs> yeah, I'm but... glad I'm not the only one who was fooled, uh, quite frankly, because, yeah, I would definitely not have gotten that. Me neither. Because um, it's, it's, that's, like, he's out there, right? Like, same with, like, a Stephen King novel. They... <laughs> the the odds are like what like who thinks of that and enough to like plot it <laughs> um so what do you find harder uh character development or world building Ooh, I, that's tough i would say world building because i tend to get really focused on the character development i feel like that's more the story that i tell and i kind of forget that there is a world oh yeah go back and kind of have them interact with the world and have the world interact with them. And I completely forget about it. I I'm so more invested and focused on what the characters are doing and how to fall, uh, you know, progress their story. Yeah. I completely forget that there is a world. I don't usually add the world until like the second or third draft. Cause I I'm so bad for it. I fully admit it. That <laughs> you're not the first author to say that and like i would agree like world building is hard it's hard there's sometimes you gotta do research it's just it's a lot of extra work yes uh one of there's a girl that i i taught my dog has more friends than i do and that's not even the fact that i have no <laughs> friends my dog has that many so we meet them every friday at the dog park for our dogs to run around together they're like best friends it's really cute but she used to teach English class, and she loved Stephen King, too. And I guess one of his, I think it was his advice that she gave me, and it was along the lines of, if you, you have to do the research if you're going to be in, like, the real world, because if you have, say, flowers that 
you know, in your mind are here, but they actually exist and they don't go, they, you know, they're not from that specific area. People will be taken right out of the story. And I'm like, for something so small, but apparently, yes, which I guess makes sense, but it's wild to me. Yeah. Research is a big deal. Yeah. like so It's because other people research. Readers will research. Oh, we do. <laughs> oh, do we ever. We research the author and everything. Like, we go intense. We're going for it. So, yeah like no privacy we treat authors sometimes like celebrities like even like indie <laughs> authors and we nosedive we'll go like back to 2012 posts from them just to like make sure everything's good with them we're a little intense i'm not gonna lie like <laughs> yeah no there isn't but yeah like we get obsessive it's it's a little i feel bad for um hd carlton i love her i love her but I feel bad for her because her fans are like next level. They're like intense. I get nervous. I got that vibe from the Facebook group. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Did you hear about what happened at, um, what was it? Um, the book conference she just went to. No, what happened? Book Bonanza, I think it is. Um, it, she got rushed. So many people like were rushed her table and like we're demanding like autographs and stuff that didn't even sign up to be part of it and then they got mad when they didn't get it because yeah they weren't supposed to you're supposed oh, to get wristbands no. yeah and they didn't get yeah like it was just so she got rushed and oh my god but she like she handled it in strives like she just she dealt with it but like there was so much negativity there like someone got into a fist fight because they didn't get in for yeah it was bad that's wild the, the, you, when you get to a fandom i think like you always have those intense people it's like and like it's insane i was just like i felt bad for her because like now she doesn't want to do them well, and like it ruins it for the rest of the fans that? too like that's so intimidating, especially if you're a little bit more on the introverted side. And I feel like a lot of authors are, at least all the authors that I know. Yeah. If you have that many people rushing you, for even if it's for something good, I'd be like, ah, get me out of here. Yeah, like I don't know how she handled it, but she did. Like she was very calm and like she did the whole weekend. Even I think that was like even the first night it happened. Um, but she did the full weekend and then she just made a Facebook post apologizing to people um, that she would not be doing any more meet and greets for the near future, just like to recoup and all that. And I'm like, that ruined it for other people, you know, just because like you were going to get in line eventually, like yeah. there was no reason for it. Well, and I feel like she's pretty good to her fans too, in the sense that she would have done what she could to get to everybody. Just yeah. kind of on what I've seen of her on her lives and her TikToks and uh, even the way that she engages with her fans on her on her social media because I am yeah. part of her Facebook group. I kind I really liked her ha haunting Adeline and does it hurt? So I'm kind of she's one of my auto buy authors. Yeah. I just ha I feel bad for her in that situation. What a crummy kind of situation to be found. It is, it, it, and it makes me nervous too because like I don't think I'm ever going to be that big. But like if I was, I would not know how to handle it. I would be like I'm out. Like, I'm not doing this whole week. I'll be your bouncer. Oh, awesome. I love that. <laughs> least, I love that. <laughs> I got backup. We're all good now. There you go. All right. Have you met, we're speaking of authors, we know you've met some, some authors. Have you met any, like, big authors that you really, really liked or, uh, or anything like that? I have not, but I'm not going to lie. I don't think I ever should meet one of those authors simply because I would not know how to speak. I would completely forget what words are. Like I'm <laughs> kind of almost <laughs> at any given point. So like if I met somebody who I, you know, if, I'm just going to pick one out of the, like a big one. Like if I ever met SJM, I would forget how to speak because she was such an inspiration to me. And I'm like, cool, um, I look like a complete goofball in front of one of my favorite people. Like, great. <laughs> An author that forgot her words. Yes, see, like, it'd make us look like, uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that's a very real thing. <laughs> Do you have any more questions, Don? I'm actually good. I think I asked everything I wanted to ask. 
Me too. So take this time and plug your book and if you have your website, anything, we'll have links in the description as well. But plug away. Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> nope. Take your time. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> so on TikTok, I think I'm H.L. Hamilton author. You can always follow me there. I'm most active on my on my TikTok. I check it multiple times a day. My boyfriend always points it out and says I spend too much time on TikTok. <laughs> He's absolutely right. Um, my, I think I have a Facebook group. And it's just H.L. Hamilton. Uh, it's where my readers can go to talk about the book if they want to. It's a closed group. Uh, and then my Instagram, I think, is also h.l.hamilton. Uh, I'm always there, uh, mostly for the group chats, but I also respond to people. Uh, my DMs are always open. If anybody ever has any questions or would like to chat, I'm pretty easygoing. I don't gatekeep anything. Yeah. <laughs> all of my socials that I can actually keep track of. Oh, no, that's good. And you have uh, this book uh, and you keep mentioning book two. When will we when will that be? Uh, well, out? I'm hoping and I can't promise anything. It's going to kind of depend on finances, too. But I'm kind of hoping for spring slash early summer, ideally. It may get pushed back from that. It's going to depend on editing. It's going to depend on all that stuff. But I'm, I'm really pushing for that right now. Amazing, amazing. So people have time from now till then to read the first book. Yes, and read it, process it, digest it, get angry with me. That's all fine. Take all notes, fine. you know, insert yourself in that world. It's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to it just because, like, you know, my ARC readers have had very visceral reactions to some of the things that happen in the book. And I get a lot of messages of, you bitch, how can you do this? And I tackle on the other side of that screen. I always, I, I, you know, I have a bit of, that's how you know your book's good. As soon as you hear the sentence, you bitch, you know, you did something right. If you're eliciting a reaction. Yep. Then, you know, your writing did something. It, this, it makes my heart happy. I feel like I'm getting revenge for all the times other authors left me on cliffhangers. So sorry, readers, y'all are my guinea pigs when I get revenge from all of their stuff. So I'm not stopping this particular cycle. I'm, th I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Holly, for coming on our show. And being the first episode of season two of Books and Booze. Yay! Thank you for starting us off for season two. I had a blast being here tonight, ladies. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank Honestly, you. we loved it. You are great. <laughs> so much. I you know what this season's gonna be awesome i'm super excited and like i've already got opinionated lushes up on my spotify so i'm gonna be listening to it every well you can find all of holly hamilton's uh links in our description uh below wherever you are listening to our podcast and be on the lookout for new episodes of books and booze out every thursday for season two where we have on indie authors and they read a little bit of their book so make sure you follow us and if you're into uh book recommendations follow don on tiktok don uh what's your Danya book rex Danya book rex <laughs> okay follow her on tiktok and thank you again holly for being on and uh we'll see everyone next week with a new author Bye. Good night, guys. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. We hope you enjoyed this episode. There's a new episode of Opinionated Lushes every Friday on all streaming platforms. And unedited episodes Saturday on YouTube. Have a cocktail suggestion? A topic of interest? A good drinking word? Feel free to DM us on Instagram or email us at opinionatedlushes at gmail.com. See you next week. Don't forget your drinks. And your opinions. 